Jim? So, why did he make spiders? It's a fair question, I think, anyway. I mean, that's one of my first, I'm going to ask God. I don't understand. Or as a young son with a sister said once, if Jesus didn't have a sister, why do I need to have one? <laughs> Not mentioning any names, of course. And the, the perennial classic that's been around for years is, did the dinosaurs really become extinct due to smoking? And I've got a picture that's not coming up. Help me out, guys. Plug it in. There we go. There it is. That's one of my favourite Larson cartoons. But, um, of course, uh, seriously, if there's one question that you could ask God, what would it be? Over the next three weeks, we'll explore three common questions that people want to ask God. Uh, why doesn't God just show himself now? That's this morning. Why doesn't God end all the pain? And finally, in our week three, why doesn't God just let everyone in, uh, in terms of heaven? So over the next three weeks, we've got an opportunity to think. We've got an opportunity to be sure. And we've also got an opportunity to, to question and for us uh, regulars, we've got an opportunity to bring a friend along. It'd be a great thing to do if you've been talking to someone about Jesus. These next three weeks are ideal. We'll introduce the gospel. We'll introduce why we believe what we believe. And as in any normal week, this is an opportunity as we gather together, this is an opportunity to encourage one another and uh, welcome others. So why don't I pray for us as we, as we begin uh, looking into God's word here and answering this question. Father, we pray that uh, you would help me to speak clearly. You would help us to listen to you most importantly. Lord, thank you for the Lord Jesus. Uh, thank you that in him we can know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, it'll be fair to say that for most of us humans, we have a hunch. A hunch that there is more to life than just living and dying. It says something, doesn't it, that the vast majority of, of human beings believe in the existence of a God or a spiritual reality. That's just a true fact. The vast majority of humans believe that. We don't really agree on who that God is or what that God is, but most of us believe, or at the very least, we have a hunch that he or she or it is real. Let's watch this little clip here for a moment and you'll get a bit of an idea of what I might be talking about. We need the lights off too, guys. It's indescribably beautiful. Love flying over the polar cap. Love the desolation. The stars. It's really one of God's good ones. So you... 
think a being of some sort did all this. You don't? You mean, do I believe if I look up in the sky and promise this or that, the biggie will make all this go away? No. And 95% of the people on Earth are wrong. If life has taught me anything, it's that 95% of the people are always wrong. It's called faith. I honestly envy people who have faith. I just can't get my head around it. Maybe your head's in the way. Carter, we've all had hundreds of these discussions, and every one of them always hits the same wall. Is there a, a sugar plum fairy or not? And nobody has ever gotten over that wall. So, what do you believe? I resist all beliefs. No Big Bang, random universe. We live, we die. And the wheels on the bus go round and round. What if you're wrong? I'd love to be wrong. If I'm wrong, I win. <laughs> not sure it works that way. Oh, you're not claiming you know something I don't. Mm -mm. I just have faith. Mm. Yes, it is. An interesting scene, no doubt about it. Uh, as a scene about the spiritual reality, knowing God, faith. We'll come back to it in a few moments, though. Here's the question: I reckon most of us humans want an answer to. If if there really is a spiritual reality, if God really exists, then how do we know this God? Can we know this God? Or to put it bluntly, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. Surely, if there was such a spiritual reality, shouldn't, shouldn't we expect a signpost? Shouldn't we expect something that shows us the way, that points us in the right direction? Now, perhaps uh, these examples might help or not. But first, a bit of a, a, bit of a background. Now, living overseas for the last uh, three years before we came here, we lived in a very multicultural city. Uh, our church had 82 different nationalities. That's pretty amazing in itself. So we had great fun as a family explaining Australia to people. So, drop bears. That's an important thing as non-Australians need to know. Uh, kangaroos that really do bounce around the opera house and so forth. Um, that sort of stuff. But... We didn't have to make anything up when we showed them some common signs that were in Australia. Now, before I show you just some of these, have a look at them, though, and think from a non-Australian perspective. If you weren't an Australian, what would this sort of sign mean to you? Warning limbs might fall, especially if you took away that picture. <laughs> Down they go. They're going to fall off. It's a great one. This one here, there's a cow... I, a cow is eating a car. <laughs> Beware of mad cows. What is that? Now, we all know that's a Tassie devil. But, you know, there's some creature from some zombie movie. Um, 
and I just like this one anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> here's, our, here's our question. Is there a signpost? Is there a signpost that tells us of a spiritual reality or power uh, or God? Something that, that tells us what we need to know. Something that will make things clear. Well, of course, many religions have said, yes, there is. Now, but rather, rather than making this a talk on comparative religions, I want us, want us to notice something special. Let's notice some of these, uh, something about some of these signposts and then let's compare them to Jesus. So here's one, uh, Buddhism, for example. Buddhism which speaks of enlightenment uh, as the goal brought about by the negation of self and desire uh, and, the and the various moral and ethical requirements to reach such enlightenment. That end goal, if you like, of the aftermath is karma um, rebirth. So Buddhism then began through the insights of a, a, a man called Siddhartha Gautama, uh, an Indian prince in the 6th century BC, who finally received his enlightenment uh, his spiritual reality while he was meditating under a bow tree. Buddha actually means enlightened one. So his teachings, which we can read today, were compiled in the, uh, the sayings of the Buddha and the Theravada. What about Islam as another example of a signpost? Now, Islam simply means submission, submission sub surrendering, I should say, to the will of Allah. Allah just means uh, God in Arabic. It's not any sort of fancy word, it's just an Arabic word for God. So surrendering to the will of Allah revealed through his prophet Muhammad. Muhammad then is the signpost that points to Allah. Muhammad was a 7th century AD a nobleman from Arabia who in 610 had a vision of an angel telling him he was the messenger of God. From this time on, from his death in uh, 632 AD, we're told that Muhammad received private and very detailed revelations into his heart. So, like Buddhism, Islam is a completely dependent and, well, is completely dependent and grounded in private revelation, which happens to be of a more mystical sort of nature, you'd be fair to say. So these revelations and uh, Muhammad's teachings were subsequently recorded in the Hadiths. The Hadiths are the sayings of the Prophet and, of course, the Quran. Let's choose one more example, another, um, a more modern signpost. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the, the Mormons. Mormonism began with Joseph Smith, who was said to have received golden plates via uh, an angelic being in 1827. The Book of Mormon was published from the translation of these plates. Now, there were no witnesses to this event or subsequent revelations. They simply rely on his personal testimony. That's the truth. Uh, those religions are very open to that and very honest about that. Now, again, this is not really a talk about comparative religion. There's plenty of good books on that and I encourage you to read them. Uh, come and see me if you want to get some examples. But... This fact uh, is common to most, if not all, 
the world's religions. Hinduism, Sikhism, Baha'i, Shintoism, uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, Buddhism, Islam and Mormonism. Here's this fact. By the very nature of their beginnings, they are unverifiable. By the very nature of them. They rely on the private experience of one person. Now, personally, I find that unsatisfying. But in one sense, for the faithful of those religions, there's great comfort here. Speak to most Muslims, that's true. There's, there's great comfort that they, there is shelter, I guess you could say, from the arguments of critics. No matter what humanity discovers about the physical universe or the events of history, claims such as these will remain untouched. It is what it is. That's what it is. In fact, many of, for many of those religions, it's indeed an offence to question the claims. They are unverifiable. Well, not so with the claims of Jesus. His claims are, as one writer put it, daringly verifiable. I love that phrase. The, the claims of the Bible are vulnerable to the examinations of critics. In fact, Christianity welcomes such examination. So, what then are the claims of the Bible? Well, of course, there's more than one. <laughs> uh, but the one that stands out, the one that is dare, daringly verifiable, the one that all others rise or fall on, the one that addresses our question this morning is that the Bible says that God has revealed himself to the world in his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God has shown himself to us in the historical man, God's son, Jesus Christ. Now, let me illustrate this point to you. As I mentioned before, um, I'm not going to talk about Dubai all this morning, but I did spend three years in Dubai in this big city. It's in the UAE on the Arabian Peninsula. Uh, we love animals, our family. We've just got three new chickens, so now we've got five pets. Fantastic. They just keep coming. Um, but we couldn't take our pets from home over to Dubai uh, for a number of reasons. It was just too hard and expensive. That meant when we settled into Dubai, we were pretty keen to have a pet. We didn't want to get a lot of pets, but we got one pet. And so we decided to get a cat. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment our cat in Dubai. Try to do that for me, will you? Um, what does this cat look like? Uh, its size, its shape, its, its gender, its colour, uh, the fur pattern, all those sort of things. Try to imagine that cat for a moment. Now, what if I asked you to draw a picture of our cat? Now, some people say the, the pets and their owners look very similar, so that might help. Uh, I don't know. Now, no doubt, I know this for a fact, no doubt some of your drawings, some of your sketches would be fantastic. Very, very good. But unless you had met our cat, well, there would just simply be guesses, wouldn't they? They'd just simply be guesses. Now, please meet Florence. Florence of Arabia. <laughs> that was Michelle's uh, idea to call Florence that. But there's Florence, there's me having a nice little quiet time on my own. Actually, that was a couple of Julys ago when the family went on a big holiday and I had to stay at home. 
And so I had the cat as my, my, um, my company. It was lovely. She was lovely. There we go. There's, there's Florence. Now, here's the point. This photo, or any one of them there, this photo illustrates something unique about the Christian claim. Jesus is to God what that photo is to our cat. A revelation to end speculation. A revelation to end speculation. That's the extraordinary claim about Christianity. Jesus is God's photo. You can put it simply like that. Now, it's the point that Jesus made to his disciples the night before his trial, on that momentous sort of evening when they shared a meal together. Philip, one of the disciples, said to Jesus, Lord, just show us the Father. Show us God, in other words. Now, listen to Jesus' answer. He says, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Now, a few moments ago, we read from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus is that Word of God, John goes on to explain. Jesus who came in flesh and blood just like us. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen God, Jesus says. God revealing himself to us in history. In a moment of history, in his Son a verifiable event. You see, here's what marks out the Christian claim from the claims of Muhammad, Buddha, Joseph Smith and so on. The news of Jesus, his life, death and resurrection, is not a mythical narrative in the head of a prophet and then transcribed into what we call Gospels. No, it's a public event in history. At its heart, Christianity concerns the public, verifiable life story of the man Jesus, the man who claimed personally to reveal God and of whom God has, to use the words of Paul, we'll read in a moment, given us proof by raising him from the dead. Now, here's the apostle arguing uh, for this historical assurance of the claims of Jesus to the intellectuals and philosophers in Athens in Acts 17. A few years, if that, after Jesus' life, death, resurrection and ascension, the Bible says. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Friends, following Jesus is not a stab in the dark. It's... It's not a case of blind faith. It is a faith that rests on facts. God has given proof, he says, in Paul's words, assurance. Morgan Freeman's character in that movie, uh, The Bucket List, that we saw a clip of before, well, this character gets a little bit confused. He gets a little bit confused about faith. He gets a bit confused about belief. Let's not. Let's not get confused. Friends, God is not hiding. He has stepped out into the world in Jesus. I read this helpful illustration during the week. Suppose you are shipwrecked on a desert island. Uh, think castaway. That'll work. 
And as you began to explore, you came across a garden with carefully planted uh, beds of vegetables and flowers. They were growing well. The pots were weeded and they were obviously cared for. It would be possible to believe that this happened by chance. be possible. But it would be more probable to suppose that someone had done it. If, as you explored further, you found some garden tools, a compost heap with a smouldering incinerator, they would all tend to confirm your belief. Finally, the gardener steps out, steps out from behind a tree. That gardener confirms your suspicions, confirms what you believe. And then if, you, if that gardener then took you around his garden and explained why he'd planned it in such a way and how he accomplished it, you would learn something of the kind of person that gardener is, the, the purpose for all that he had done as well. Now, the Bible tells us that God has finally stepped out from behind the tree. And he's done that in his son, Jesus. He did that to show us the right direction as a signpost. In fact, he is the right direction. Jesus shows us exactly what God is like. Now, God has, of course, been around tending the garden. Creation was not by chance. He has spoken in many and different ways in the past. I, I chose one simple example from Moses in Exodus 33 before. Um, we could have read a number of passages there when God spoke to Moses. But now he has revealed himself fully in the man, his son, Jesus Christ. So Hebrews 1, 1 to 2 says, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in the, these last days, that's now, uh, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the universe. So why doesn't God just show himself now? Well, God's answer to that is that he has and continues to in his Son, Jesus Christ, whom we read, who we read about in the Scriptures in our Bibles. Should we expect something more from God? say some lightning bolts, uh, say a special experience, uh, some, some visions or, or dreams or something like that, some special words. Well, the Bible's answer is actually no. We have, all, uh, we have all we need in Jesus. God has shown himself to him, to, uh, God has shown himself to us in him. So, what evidence then do we have for the claims of this historical Jesus? That's an important point, isn't it? We said that Christianity was uh, uh, verifiable. It was testable. So, let's attempt to verify the claims of Jesus. Now, again, scholars have written whole books on this topic. So, we're just going to touch at a few things. Uh, hopefully, this is an encouragement to you if you want to know some more, to read some more and to find out some more. I've got four lines of verification. You can see them there on your outline if you've got that out. Here's the first one. The first line of verification of when we think about the claims of Jesus. The excellent quality of 
the documentary evidence. Cohen Greek, uh, which is the, the Greek, the language of the New Testament, is commonly understood and read by, by scholars, making our modern English translations excellent. We have numerous copies dated close to the time of the original manuscripts. We have around 2,000 early copies of the Gospels, for example. Now, if we compare that with just a handful of uh, writings or copies of Plato, Aristotle, Julius Caesar and other ancient giants, it's overwhelming. And when we compare all those copies, well, we find the accuracy in the copying of them themselves, well, we find that that is astoundingly accurate. Second, we have non-Christian sources written close to the time of the events which back up the evidence that we read in our Bibles. Roman writers such as Tacitus and Pliny and Suetonius, uh, Jewish writers, uh, once called uh, uh, Josephus, also the writings in the Jewish Talmud. Number three, being written very close to the time of the actual events, uh, at the most 50 years after the actual events, gives the Gospels great credibility. We're not talking about someone witnessing an event and then someone writing it or writing about it generations later. No, no, we're seeing the actual eyewitness writing down the events close to the time. That gives, us great credit, gives the Gospel great credibility. No other ancient source has that. You won't find anywhere else. But finally, the most compelling and the greatest assurance or proof in, uh, in Paul's words from Acts 17, proof of God's existence, that God is actually knowable and that we can know God and God has shown himself to us, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Five quick points uh, that you might want to scribble them down in your notes. Again, people have written whole books on this topic, but here's just a taste. First of all, the claim of the resurrection itself that many people claim to have seen Jesus risen, is a fact of history. We have to deal with that. Just got to deal with it, that many people actually claim to see, have seen Jesus resurrected. Second is the empty tomb. There simply has been no other plausible explanation explaining this fact. I'd love to talk some more, but we can't uh, spend all day talking about that. Number three, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, if you're in church then, According to the Gospels, the first eyewitnesses were women. If one wanted to make up a lie in those days uh, about the resurrection, one would not choose women as key eyewitnesses. That's just the way the world was back then, sadly. A woman's testimony in those times carried little weight. Now, as a bit of a side point there, that in itself tells us a great deal about God's uh, value and love of women, <laughs> if I can put it like that just for a moment. Uh, number four, the divergence of the gospel accounts. Like comparing any four accounts or eyewitness accounts of an event, slight differences or variations actually strengthen the overall credibility of the account. And fifth, the followers' transformation. Uh, several hundred of Jesus' followers came not only to believe the resurrection, but they went ahead and were tortured for it. They were put on trial for that belief. They 
were killed for that belief. They were transformed because of what they saw. Well, friends, let's, let's try to tie a few things together here. Do you have a hunch about Jesus? I, I know many of you have more than that. Well, if you do have a hunch about Jesus, if you've got a friend who has a hunch about Jesus, why not talk about him? Why not grab a Bible? Why not read a gospel? I always like recommending Mark because it's the shortest. Deep theological reasoning. <laughs> why not? See if the claims of Jesus really do stack up. We've just touched on them today, really. Because if the, the claims of Jesus are true, then it's Jesus who introduces us to God. It's Jesus who shows himself, it's God who shows himself to us in his son, Jesus. Now, as we read his words in the Bible. Uh, the facts are the facts, that's really it. If it's Jesus is still a hunch for you, then the facts may or may not convince you. In the end, it's about your willingness to trust your life to God revealed in Jesus. Well, once you do it with that, once uh, you uh, do that with me today, if you'd like to talk some more um, about that or if you'd like a, uh, some good books to read or some websites to have a look at, uh, please come and see me. Um, there's some really good things around. If you'd like to talk, to more, talk some more today, uh, come and see me, chat to Mark as well, and we can pray with you. Um, let's pray now. Father, we, we thank you for your goodness to us. Father, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in Jesus, that we don't have to wait for any sign or anything like that. We don't have to wait for something extraordinary or special, but what is extraordinary is that you've come to this earth um, and uh, Lord, this is a historical event. So Lord, we pray that we would get to know Jesus more and more. We pray that we would, for those of us who, who do have already uh, trusted our life uh, to you, revealed in Jesus, Lord, we pray that we continue to do that. We pray that you give us good conversations with people who uh, may not know you and Jesus is just, well, God is just, Lord, you're just a hunch to them. Lord, we ask that, um, uh, that, that you would show yourself to us in Jesus. In, uh, in his name we pray. Amen. We're going to 